Welcome back to the third NSFW Hoops podcast. Today we got we got a top ten, a top ten point guards of all time, in our opinions. Our opinions are probably going to be different, but we'll see what they are. And first week in the NBA, a lot going on, so we'll we'll probably start with that and touch on that. You ready for it? Oh yeah. Alright, let's get to it. We are a week into the NBA season. A lot of notable things have happened. A lot of crazy things. Seems like it's been a really intense start. Probably most notably the that Lakers Rockets game with the fight. You got your breakdown of it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So um, uh, Ronald just wanted to get some sweat off his uh his uh lips right there. That's what the NBA calls a spit, I guess. So um, uh, during that fight, Rondo supposedly spit on Chris Paul. Chris Paul then tried to gouge Rondo's eye out because, you know, Rondo's a playmaker. He needs his eyes. Chris Paul knows he's at a disadvantage if Rondo has those. So Rondo goes in for the eye grab. Rondo's not going to take too much kind of that. So Rondo hits him with the meanest left hook I've ever seen. Better than the McGregor and Khabib fight, if you ask me. It was a nice hit. Rondo gets a second hit in there, too, before Chris Paul can even retaliate with some pussy shit right there. And then, uh... Right when everything seems to be calming down, go, go, gadget, extendo arms comes Brandon Ingram hitting Chris Paul in the face. Really, this is something we needed in the NBA. I really liked how this fight went down. I definitely feel like you have a future in calling fights. That was a pretty intense breakdown. My favorite part was probably the the eye gouge Rondo needs, or CP3, Rondo needs his vision. That was, that's a great, great, uh fine there and i definitely liked how this fight went down like usually when fights happen in the nba it's a little bit of just grabbing holding each other maybe getting too close to each other's faces this you actually got to see some punches being thrown which we needed we need to go throw back yeah. on those like throw back in the good old days of the nba when real punches were thrown yeah it's Man. like it's like lonzo said last year when he walked away from the fight you know he looked at it and then turned around and walked away and after the game he said nah you know, no fights happening. It's the NBA. And this time he kind of jogged in there, so it happened. Yeah. And my favorite part was uh, James Harden, how he stood in the background, like, just all casual, while his point guard's getting rock-socked robot over here, like, <laughs> fucking just jammed in the face. Dude, I'm surprised Harden didn't, like, Ingram came at him with a shove, and he just stood there, like, he shoved him pretty hard, and he, like, yeah. for no reason, Harden yeah. really, you know... Well, James Harden has to get his stats up. He he can't afford sus- being True. suspended. You know, like that's la- loss of stats. He can't risk that. <laughs> that's a great point. I um, think my I'm favorite just... part was when Brandon Ingram just fucking flew. Dude, just his arm extended. I swear to God, like five feet smack Chris yeah. in the little pussy face. Oh my God, yeah. he just extended on that. Ingram's kind of in that. He must have some for those Rockets. Ingram's kind of in that KD mode that he's been in the past couple years where it's like, you know, everybody thinks I'm small, but I got to show that I got this toughness. And, you know, so he's just trying to show that he's not just this skinny dude who can't take contact. You know, he's got some got some fight in him. 
Exactly. Well, that's going to cost him four games to show him how much fight he got. Four games. That's not That's not too bad. They'll exactly. be 0-7 by then. They can come back. Oh, no. Okay, come on. It's not... You know, the Lakers will cop a win by then. As we're speaking, they're tipping off with the with the Suns. So if they lose this one, the panic is the panic is up there. But I don't think they're going to lose this one. Yeah. We might need a rematch of this fight, you know? Uh, Chris Paul versus Rondo Part 2. Maybe Put it on pay-per-view? Going. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll go to revenue. B-dubs and watch that. Exactly. Get well, a couple that's wings, get a couple beers, see how it goes. <laughs> yup. So your concern level for the 0 and 3 Lakers? Not, not at all. Not at all. If you got yeah. LeBron, you got a playoff spot. That's how it goes. All right. The Lakers, they're everyone starts up. The Sixers last year, I think at one point were like 25 and 25. They made it to they made it just fine to the playoffs. They had a good win streak. I think the Lakers will keep it up. I mean, not keep it up, but I think the Lakers will improve. Keep up the losing? Nah, they won't keep up the losing. They're gonna. Yeah. They're going to show why they're going to be a force to be reckoned with soon. Yeah, I definitely think that. I mean, they easily could have won all three games. I think they're fine. They'll they'll still be all right. But it is scary if you fall back in the West. It's the West is insane. So. The West is pretty stacked this year, as we went over in our previous podcast. Yes, yes. All right. Um, Chris Paul is he a bad teammate? I don't know. I've never been teammates with a dude. I mean, you're you're outsider. Outsider. Well, I mean, perspective. Uh, what was his name? Ryan Hollins, Glenn Big Baby came through yeah, forward. Nobody's and said sticking that up for him. Paul's being a bitch. Gerald Green stuck up for him, I guess. Oh, did he? Oh. Yeah, but I mean, Gerald Green's his teammate now. You can't really talk trash on yeah. a teammate that you're with now. It's a great so, point. Talk know. to him in five years. See what he says. Exactly. We're definitely going to have to see like more people come forward and be like, yeah, Chris Paul's a dick face. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, J.J. Redick, he's came out and said like how terrible that Clippers situation was after like a few years and just how, just how it wasn't a good situation in the locker room and nobody really liked each other that much. So, who knows? That's rough. Rajon uh, Rondo, good team. teammate, bad teammate? Rajon Rondo's the best teammate. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't best. know, but I love Rondo. The best, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say anything bad about my man Rondo. No, he's... Is he going to be on your top? Well, that'll be a spoiler. Oh, I true. Yeah, we can't be spoiling enough. Anything else stick out from the first week or so of the NBA? Um, not really anything in particular. I think the rookies this year are showing what they can do early on. Luka Doncic is balling out. DeAndre Ayton's putting up some nice stats. Who else? Your man's Trey Young, thirty-five. Oh yeah, no, Trey Young is average at best. That thirty, <laughs> what was that, thirty-five and ten game, something like yeah, that. Thirty-five. Yeah, that's the luck game. That was all luck. Let's be honest. Yeah. Or we'll see what happens when he shoots like 20% the next fucking 60 games. Concerned at all for Kyrie, my MVP MVP pick? He's shooting terrible, hardly. I mean, any concern? No, not at all. I mean, no. He's going to do his thing. Kyrie's going to Kyrie. Uncle Drew's going to Uncle Drew. He's just going to ball out. He's going to have some bad games, of course. We just got to... And when Kyrie's got a bad game, he got Terry Rozier backing him up. He's got so many supporting 
players that, I mean, if he has a bad game, someone will pick him up. That's a good point. I still, I hope I don't look stupid in my Celtics predictions this year, but I, I still got a whole bunch of confidence in them. Exactly. Yep. All right, we're moving on. Moving on. Clay Thompson? Nope. Splash Brothers? Nope. We won? Nope. We here? Nope. Cavaliers? Yup. They suck? Nope. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Bro, I'm out, man. That nigga's tripping. Alright, so we got kind of a new segment. Don't know if we'll do it after this or not, but give it a try this time. Uh, Gonna kind of do like a player, somebody in the media, Skip Bayless, somebody says something stupid, a coach, Joran, somebody says something. I do some stupid stuff sometimes. It's probably gonna be 95% of the time something Joran says, but maybe not sometimes. I'm I'm not gonna have to disagree with you there. <laughs> so somebody oh says something that one of us doesn't agree with and thinks it's kind of dumb, and we just talk about it. So this week, I'm gonna go with the Jimmy Butler, the whole situation. It's kind of died down. Like nobody really, it's not a talking point anymore. But like, I just don't get what his purpose was in the whole thing. Like he's out there playing now. It seems like they like. Seems like he's, like, happy, kind of. But I didn't really... What was the point of it all? It's it's just weird to me. Well, I mean, he's not, I don't think he's happy on the T-Wolves. I think he just wanted to get the fuck out of there. And Tom Thibodeau's like, no, dude, we need you. He's <laughs> without you. No, Jimmy's like, you need me. Yeah, we need him. That's what it is. The Timberwolves need him. Tom Thibodeau... Didn't want to trade him, so Jimmy's just out there. He's going to do his job. I don't think he's happy with the Timberwolves at all. I think he's just out there doing his job now. Yeah, it's just, like the whole purpose behind it, I don't really get it. It's just like, he was he just trying to like build himself up as this guy who works so hard and just wants to win and just like destroy Cat and Wiggins? Because that's like all that really came out of it. Like, I don't really get it, but... Well, I think oh, he was well. just... He was ex- he was expected he was expecting to just get traded right there. Yeah, probably. That's gonna be gone. That's why I said all that crap. So he was talking down to his team. Probably. But didn't get traded. He's here, and now he's now. I think he's just saying, "Well, gotta do my job." Yeah. Now he's bon- I just think it's really whack how he, like, he holds out this whole time, doesn't come to training camp, doesn't practice. He comes to practice one day. And he tells, like, ESPN, he tells Rachel Nicholas that that he's going to practice and come with me because I'm about to freak out and then we're going to do an interview. Like, she flew in before he, like, even practiced. And then it just, it's a weird, it's just like he's trying to control the narrative and I don't know. Yeah, Jimmy Butler's one weird dude. <laughs> one weird dude. But there's one thing that is certain and that is that the Timberwolves need him. Because Cat is playing like he's soft this year. And, man, the Timberwolves are in the dump. <laughs> All right. Let's get to your main event, the main event. Top 10 point guards of all time. You kind of want to explain how you uh, 
your criteria, how you like what your list is based off? My list is based off everything. Resume, skills, just just the top ten, you know? Based off resume and skills and everything mm-hmm. in between. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go too much resume, but I mean I you can't really make a list without some resume in there, but mine's just like my top ten point guards of all time, just like who I think is the best with a little bit of resume in there because it has to be. But so you're like, going off mainly just skill-wise. Kind of. Yeah, Aww. kind of. But, you know, we're going to – so we'll have some differences. But Yeah, good. I'm guessing we're going to have some differences, the old key. <laughs> Are we starting? How how are we doing this? Are we Let's starting start at one? Start at ten. Honorable mentions. How about? Okay, you go. So I got a couple honorable mentions I don't have on the top ten, but you know what? You can't have a list without saying these mans. I got Walt Frazier, the New York Knicks. He was a beast back in the day. Bob Cousy, Celtics legend, right there. Rajon Rondo. Throwing left hooks and throwing dimes. <laughs> My man. Tony Parker, perfect point guard for that system. Very underrated. You know, one year, he uh, either... He, at one point or at the end of the season, he led the league in uh, field goal percentage. That's pretty and impressive. all the shots were, like, in the paint. He was a point guard, like a six-foot point guard, and he led the league in field goal percentages. He's impressive. He's a yeah, and he played that system perfectly. Tim Hardaway, the two-step crossover, one of the only crossovers that isn't technically a carry, that was killer. And uh, of course, my man Jimmer Fredette. You know, kind of sucks how uh, the NBA kicked him out of the league because he was that good. But uh, you know what? He's doing his thing over in China. Okay, I have one of you guys on my top ten. Oh, really? It is not Jimmer Fredette. It's Tim Hardaway? I have one of you guys on my top ten. All right, all right. Do you have any honorable mentions? I mean, not really. Uh, there's, all right, all right. I don't, you know, they might, yeah, we're going to, maybe after I'll get some honorable mentions. Sounds good. All right, Keith, give me your number ten. My tenth best point guard of all time, Magic Johnson. <laughs> what the fuck? I it's like I'm on every all time point guard list I see Magic's number one. Cause he's up there. He's number one because he has five rings, three MVPs, all that stuff. But the logical stuff you're talking <laughs> about. Like the stuff that makes a player one of the best. Yeah. But like, he is by far the worst ball handler, the worst shooter, like, definitely on my list. Like, if he was a point guard in the NBA, he'd be the worst ball handler, the worst shooter of all the point guards in the league right now. And that's that's tough to put that guy at number one best. Like, those are the two main skills, probably, like, two of the top four skills you need as a point guard. And he'd be the worst in the league at both. Like, that's tough. But he does make my list because he is a five-time champ. Three times finals MVP. 
MVP three times, yada, yada, yada. You know, incredible passer for his size. Yeah, uh, you have as your 10th best point guard a three-time MVP, a 10-time All-NBA, a five-time NBA champ, a two-time steal champ leader, and four-time assist champ as your number 10. Only goes up from here. Oh, Keith, 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 you know, I respect you in every every way, but, um, uh, the fuck? Uh, what? At number if, 10. If Kyrie and Magic Johnson play one-on-one, what happens? In their primes? Yeah. I'm giving the Magic. <laughs> no, no. Dude, no. Magic was a 6'9 point guard oh that can run the gosh. break just unbelievable Dude. vision that don't matter in a one-on-one okay and okay okay yeah, I, yeah that i shouldn't say one-on-one hey, who would you rather have five on five in their primes i'm taking Kyrie. i'm picking magic johnson times 10 <laughs> magic I'm johnson was Kyrie. an animal all right all right my number 10 i have russell westbrook number 10 Number 10. Yep. I He could be 10 or 9, but I decided to put him at 10. Two-time scoring champ, seven-time All-NBA. He's a 2016-17 MVP. I mean, he's puts up some nice stats. Got some nice accolades, but uh, just doesn't. He's just number 10 for me, man. Shoots his uh, career... Field goal percentage is 43 and a half. Like, he does not shoot effectively. Just, I think if he was more of a Because Magic Johnson player, shoots effectively. Well, Magic Johnson doesn't need to shoot. Magic Russell Johnson Westbrook scores. doesn't need to shoot. He averages yeah, a triple-double. He doesn't need to shoot, but he shoots. He'll put up 40 he got a little bit of a 40 point. shots. Like, I'm just saying. Like, if I was building a team, Russell Westbrook would be kind of far down the list for me and that's why he's number 10 on my top 10 point guards i'll get to him later oh so he's up on your list oh he's oh, over yeah. magic he's you'd rather have russell list. westbrook than magic yes i would rather have russell westbrook oh, than that's magic. Some whack shit all right number nine keith what you got john wall why I'd ra- i would rather have john wall than matt why as a top 10 point guard of all time it's tough like saying he's already top 10 but like he could yeah, be the best the point guard he's never been to a eastern conference finals hasn't done anything in the playoffs you know it's a solid point but yeah he's but he's never a top 10 to point guard yeah like he's i could say he's the best point guard ever but he's not but like when you watch him sometimes, you think that dude's, like, the best player ever. Like, he is that insanely talented. But it's all, like, the culture stuff and all the, like, sometimes he just doesn't, on defense, he just doesn't try a lot of times, which sucks. But. Yeah, usually if a top 10 point guard wants to be in the top 10, he'd try on defense, too. Yeah, usually. But. Usually. But then everybody says LeBron is the best player of all time, and he doesn't try on defense, so. You know, goes matters. All right, all right. Nice, <laughs> nice recovery there. Um, he's insane passer, insane athlete. As good as it gets is both of those. I mean, the jump shot's always shaky like Russ. 
love him, but I hate him. He's my number nine. All right. Well, for my number nine, I have Gary Payton. Hall of Famer, nine-time All-Star, nine-time All-NBA, nine times All-Defense. And he won the 1995-96 Defensive Player of the Year Award, one of the only guards to really ever win that award. I don't really... I mean, Gary Payton's eye, he has the accolades to be a top 10-point guard of all time. He is an NBA champion, but he won that championship on the back of Wade and Shaq, so I don't really consider him very too much of a great influence in that championship. But he's my number nine, one of the best defensive point guards ever. Probably one of, probably the best defensive point guard of all time. And the clamps. clamps he did make my than, list. Uh, John Wall did. What? He'd make my honorable mentions. Gary Payton? Gary Payton, yep. All right, that's respectful. Respectful. Yeah, I, one of my favorite parts about Gary Payton was the trash talk, man. God, the 90s were the day for trash talk. And now you look at someone wrong and you get a fucking double T and you're out of this bitch. But back in the day, Gary Payton, man, he'd throw some words around on that court. He'd be <laughs> in your head more than he would be in the game. Like, he just... That's how Gary Payton was. All right, number eight, Keith. Who do you got? Damian Lillard. Keith, I'm very holding myself back from punching a hole through my fucking wall right now. He's the closest thing to Steph as there's ever been. Steph is insane. Damian Lillard is, like, a notch below that, but he's, like, same skill set. The jumper is insane. The clutch gene is insane. He's a dog. Like, he is a dog. Deal is my number eight. You're number eight? Yeah. Keaton, you said, like, we might have some differences in our top ten list. Our top ten list is very different. Damian Lillard? He's been yeah. in the league for how many years? And he's already a top ten point guard of all time? Yep. Like, I'm, I'm not taking, like, there's no way I'm taking who were, like, Walt Frazier over Damian Lillard. Like, go watch a Walt Frazier, like, video or, like, a game and say he's better than Damian Lillard. And then, like, think about it. And then, Back in you the know, day, he did his job as good as anyone else did. Damian Lillard's doing his job just as good as anyone does now, but... I'm just, it's two different generations of basketball. I mean, yeah. So we, I guess we have different criteria. I mean, just because Walt Frazier didn't throw up 40-foot shots, you know, and uh, like that's just not how basketball was played back in the day. Damian Lillard's been in the league for seven years, and he's already your one of your top ten-point guards of all time. It's just like these guys who played way back then who couldn't dribble with their offhand – or, like, it's just, I can't say that they're better okay, than yeah, no, Damian Lillard. That, like you're a, talking about, like, 1940s basketball when fucking it was just a bunch of white fucks just throwing underhand shots. No, Walt Frazier played in the 70s, two-time championship with the Knicks with Willis yeah. Reed, Dave DeBouchier, Bill Bradley. Like, that team was a beast, and Walt Frazier, Walt the goal, oh, man, he was just a beast with that team. There's a, I'm pretty sure there's a 30 for 30 out with that, about that championship. 
Now they changed but the basketball. If D-Lil's Trailblazers played those teams, they'd win 200 to 12. So it's just tough for me to put those guys. Ah, ahead. yeah, I wouldn't really say 200 to 12. That's all right, that's all right, that's all right. All right, all right. Damian Lillard at 8. Yep. He's a good scorer, but I would put him in my top 10. <laughs> my number eight's Oscar Robertson. Robertson. Triple double menace, Hall of Fame, 12 time All Star. Yeah, he was good. First person ever average a triple double. I don't really value A lot of people have him way up high on their list. I don't. I mean, I don't think he was too special watching just straight gameplay of him. Like, you want to take a, take a guess how high he is on my list? Is he on your list? Nope. Even? Nah. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't think he would be. Nah. If Magic Johnson's 10, I don't know what the fuck Oscar Robertson would be. <laughs> yeah, he did not make my list. Jeepers, creepers. I mean, it's like almost like Russell Westbrook. Like, he did all that. Like, he's... He's got, like, stats. Like, he's got, he averaged 26 points per game, seven and a half boards on half assists. But, I mean, in his whole career, he's only won one championship, and it was off the back of Kareem. Like, it wasn't even his heyday when he won the championship. Mm -hmm. Not like Gary Payton heyday. I mean, not not like Gary Payton, how he won his championship, but Oscar Robertson wasn't in his complete prime. Yeah, I almost I feel I like you have you to, like... Oscar Robertson as high as other people do. I almost feel like you have to, like, separate the NBA, like NBA history into, like, 20-year segments. So, like, before 1880, 1880 to 2000, and then 2000 Do you know present. an 80s basketball player? 1980, my bad, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate that. Back when Dr. Naismith was chucking up threes... True. Hitting shots and that uh, <laughs> that fucking box taped to a something, wall. Something, <laughs> yeah. You know, no, like if you could, if you could take pre nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty to two thousand, two thousand to today, and then rank them. I feel like it's a lot more fair because if Russ played when Russell Westbrook played when Oscar Robinson played, he'd average a hundred, a hundred, a hundred. So it. It, it's just hard. Right. I wouldn't absolutely agree with you there, but I mean, I definitely agree that uh, the game has changed since mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. It's more of an offensive heavy and uh, not as much as a defensive uh, game anymore. It's just a thousand times better in every single area. Like, it's just. Uh, I wouldn't say better, but. Not, I would not say better. Defense nowadays is just whack. No. Players back in the day played defense. The defense is so much better now than it was back then. I'll stand by it. All right, all right. All right, Keaton, who you got at number seven? <laughs> My number seven. Tony Parker. This is the honorable mention. That... Tony Parker. All right. Yep. yep. He is a four-time champion. He's a finals MVP, six-time All-Star. It was crazy how he just, no no three-point jumper, really, in a pretty modern era, and still able to be so effective. He was just so comfortable around the rim. His scoop layups, he's like six foot, and just get those off whenever he wanted and never get blocked. 
Um, his mid-range was always awesome. And he played in Pop's system, too. Yeah. Like, who knows how good he could have been if he wasn't playing in such a team-oriented system. It goes or maybe the team-oriented system helped him out, though, too, on the mm-hmm. other end. I feel like it was a good fit. Totally. Also, he, he kind of brought the floater into the NBA. He's the kind of the one that... Yeah. He's, he's so push. small, he just thought, yeah, the little push, push shot. It. Clean. I the like push that push and a scoop. That's all you need as a point guard. <laughs> all right, my number seven. I got his jersey on right now. I got Jason Kidd at my number seven. Hall of Fame, five times assist champ. Six-time All-NBA, nine-time All-Defense. This guy was a walking triple-double. He was just a beast. He led the league in a sit. Oh, man. The man, like, in his days with the Nets, when he had Richard Jefferson, Kevin Mar- Kenyon Martin, like, that team was just fun to watch. Jason Kidd is just an all-around point guard that... Just one of the best playmakers ever. I'm agreeing. I'm and agreeing. As, yeah, and as like a six, I don't know how tall it was, six four, I think. Yeah, around there. Yeah, six four. As a six four, four point guard, during his time with the New Jersey Nets, he led the team in rebounds. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Like he just ripped boards. One yeah. year, was it? In the 2006-2007 season, he played 80 games, and he ripped eight rebounds a game as a 6'4 point guard. Mm-hmm. And, of course, ripping those boards, he's already off on the break. Like, it just creates so much opportunities, and Jason Kidd was just a beast in his prime. I agree. Not really agree. a shooter at all, shooting 40% on his career, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. We'll talk about J-Kid more in a little bit. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. My, what number are we on now? Six? We on number six. Kyrie Irving. Best handle of all time. One of the funnest players to watch of all time. I'll have to agree with you there. He's just got, he's unbelievable with his handles. Unbelievable. The creativeness and how he scores sometimes. Like, he makes shots where you just look at and you can't even explain what just happened. For sure. He's got the Mamba mentality. He's a dog. He's a killer. He has his own movie. You're automatically a top six point guard of all time if you have your own movie. I'm pretty sure I I read that in the the handbook, too. Like, if you get your own movie. Yeah. Automatically. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Kyrie, big time, number six. See, I love Kyrie, my boy on the Celtics, but uh, uh, he just hasn't been in the league long enough to establish himself as one of the greatest point guards of all time, you know? He'll get there. It's definitely showing on our list that I'm looking more at resumes and you're looking more at skill-wise how they would be all time. Yeah, I just... I don't like the resume, you know, like, because that's like... Well, I mean, you just got to have respect for the game no matter what year it it is. Like, you got to give them your respect, but for me, I, like, we can have different lists. That's cool. Like, I think it gives it variety. I just, 
for me personally, I don't want to go off, uh, you know, looking at a resume, but it's good to have differences. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. All right, well, for my number six, one second. There we go. For my number six, I have Isaiah Thomas, the bad boy piston. He, uh, two-time NBA champ with those bad boy Pistons, kind of drove that team. He was a beast. Uh, oh, he had just a great supporting cast around him during his heydays. Uh, not much more I can say. I know yeah. one year he averaged like 23 points and 14 assists in a year. Like, this guy was just a beast. His career kind of went downhill after his injury. Like, he had injury problems. But, uh, man, he was a playmaker, and he was a born scorer. Yeah, you know if I have Magic at number 10, I'm not going to have Isaiah on my list. But Yeah, I know. I don't have respect for the old guys, eh? <laughs> yeah. No, I got respect for him. It's just... I don't want to disrespect all the those guys, but like, I don't want to. I just want to respect the today's players, and I think they don't get enough respect for like literally how insanely talented the NBA has become. Okay, so I'm, I just, can I'm see just trying that. to give respect to today. Mm-hmm. My number five, I, I always struggled with this guy, CP3. He's a guy that's been around for like. You know, our viewing, he's been one of the best point guards, like, we've watched, for, like, the whole entire time. Oh, yeah. I've never really liked the guy, but it's pretty undeniable, the numbers he puts up. I was always consistently been on a winning team, not a winning, winning team, but a winning team. He's just all NBA, like, every year, all-star every year. Has a really good defensive reputation, but... So, he's my number five. I can't doubt that. Chris Paul, very good defensively, very good offensively. I think the rec- I think he's in under offensive efficiency. He's number one all time. Wow. Over Jordan. Do you have him at number five, too? What? No, I don't have him at number five. I'm just saying. You have him ahead of five? What? Do you have him ahead of five? I have him ahead of five. Huh, Okay. Yeah, Respect to today's for my, game, huh? For my number five, I got my personal favorite point guard of all time, one of the best shooters of all time, Steve Nash. Steve Nash, Hall of Fame, eight-time All-Star, 50, 40, 90, four times, but he could have been in it eight times. Because there's just a couple years he's got 89% from free throw, like... Just off by a couple of percentages, but we don't care about that. That's picking numbers there. Steve Nash was one of the best shooters of all time, one of the best playmakers of all time. Lacked in the defensive apartment, but, <laughs> I mean, department. He just, but, man, the guy was icy. When he went to Phoenix, his second run in Phoenix, he went to the team that was not even, he went to that Suns team that wasn't even good. Just they were trash. He literally comes there and just turns the franchise around. They're one of the biggest teams in the West to deal with. 
fast-paced offense of seven seconds or less. He had a great supporting Castro's career to help him. The man was just an animal. Just one of the best shooters of all time, too. I like the pick. Two-time like MVP as well. Two-time Which he deserved MVP. both of those. Yep. You know, I don't put much stock into the MVPs because of my magic take, but two-time MVP, that's impressive. In that era where it was Kobe and Shaq just dominating that category, but yeah, Nash deserved it. He was a beast. He turned a franchise around. He didn't start off until later in his career, but... And for a little scrawny-ass Canadian boy, shot like he shot 50% from the field for his career and that's deep that's that's three pointers included just he was just efficient on offense defense uh, could have been better but not gonna pick and choose <laughs> not gonna all work. right back to j kid he's my number four i like it finally something finally something similar finally yeah, something that, yeah, similar that, to that is list, similar so. yeah that that we got a similar one yeah there we uh, go Maybe the most well-rounded point guard of all time. Like you were saying, um, you gave all his All-NBA five, team, five times. Or wait, did you? I don't remember. Yeah, I, I said all that stuff. He got his one ring kind of like a little bit like Gary Payton, but he was he was a big contributor contributor to his, to his one ring. He was, yeah. Um, really helped Dirk there. Yeah, on those Nets teams, when he was at his peak, he was obviously, you know, really good, the best player on that team. He's kind of like... Burying that team to the finals. Yeah, well, kind of. I don't know. I feel like he's kind of like... I don't even... I don't know if he's white. Is he white? I mean, he looks white. Okay. I feel like he's a white man's version of Russ. Just like that super intense, like, you know, just intense point guard that... Fills up the box score all the way around, like you said, led his team in rebounds. But yeah, fun story with Jason Kidd. Uh, Listen to a story about uh, how he got in his uh, domestic dispute with his uh, wife. But um, uh, he uh, spit mac and cheese in his wife's face oh. during the domestic dispute. I thought that was a nice fact to throw out there. Do you think that he taught Rajan Rondo a few tricks or no? Oh, come on. You know Rondo didn't spit. <laughs> I like, I go back and forth between if I think he spit or not. Because, like, his, his, did you see his explanation for it? No, like, I did not. Oh, he was, he was like saying, like, man, if I spit on somebody, I'm not going to have my hands down. Like, I'm going to be ready to, this guy's going to come at me. Like, I'm going to be ready. And he's, like, giving all these excuses, like, I wear a mouthpiece, how would I spit? And he, like, explained it beautifully and, like, you know, like, man, I don't think he did it. But then again, Rondo's probably that guy who's just, like, so smart that, like, says all that, knows in the time yeah, that he's... if you're going to purposely spit on someone, you're going to spit on them, all right? But then like, if I it's... Ron- kinda, like, like, just blew the sweat off of his brow. I don't know if like, that's, that's possible. Like, that's what it was kind of like. like it was I don't like, know if that's nothing. possible. I feel like Rondo's, like, almost that smart where he can, like, think of it in the time, like, how do I do this and get away with it? And, like, like I don't know what's up with you. I don't know. I think looking at the 
random spit that flew out of his mouth when he was talking or something was like, that's just nitpicking. Like, maybe maybe Chris yeah. Paul, probably Chris Paul felt like he spat on him, so that's why he tried to gouge my man's eye out. But, like, that was barely nothing. If Rondo wanted to spit, of course he'd, like, throw his hands up because he knew something was going to drop. But, <laughs> man, like, he'd hawk a loogie in that bitch's face. He wanted to. All right. I don't know what topic. happened after that when Chris Paul had the real... Uh, I mean, Rondo had the real hooks. Yeah. man around. Where were we at? We are at number four. Are you number four or my, you're number four? I'll say my number four. I, I think got I my four. the man, Steph Curry. Ooh. Number four point guard of all time. I think later in his career we will see how he, how his career turns out. You'll probably jump up to two or one to be honest. Like he's the best shooter of all time, three-time NBA champ, led the league in steals in 2015-16, scoring champ also in 2015-16, two-time MVP, one of them unanimous, I'm pretty sure. And the man's just one of the best. He is the best shooter. Like it's crazy that he can take so many threes and still be efficient. And they're not just catch-and-shoot threes. Actually, usually none of them are catch-and-shoot threes. He's making his own room. It's just crazy how this man works, and it'll be crazy to see how his career turns out. Again, another guy that we'll get back to later. So my number three, I think you had him at nine. I can't remember. You, who was your nine? My nine? my nine was Gary Ten, Payton. Ten, maybe. No, okay, oh, <laughs> Gary Ross. Payton is not my number three of all time. That is for sure. Russell Westbrook is my third best point guard of all time. Him and LeBron, to me, are like the best athletes in the history of the sport. Maybe in the history of all sports. There's some other guys you can throw in there, but it's just ridiculous. Um, Back-to-back triple-double seasons. If you would have told me that five years ago, I would have bet all my money that that never happens in, like, the next 20 years. That um, is an and amazing stat. Yeah, and he's he's, he's probably going to do it the, for the next couple of years, too, knowing him. And the way the pace is going, he's going to put up some insane numbers. Um, he's kind of got the Mamba mentality, just the most competitive guy, plays the most fire, and when you combine that with his athleticism, it's... It's ridiculous. Um, he hasn't, you know, he had the one MVP. You know, he doesn't really have the resume to be the third best point guard of all time yet. But I think when it's all said and done, I think he's going to be there. Maybe a spot high. Well, people won't consider him that because people will still consider like Magic and Oscar probably ahead of him, but not in my eyes. Yeah. All right, he is an athletic beast. All right, on to number three. On to number your three. My three is Chris Paul, CP3, eye poker. He is a nine-time All-Star, led the league in assists four times, led the league in steals six times, nine times all-defensive NBA team, and... The man is one of the best defending guards of all time. Like, he's just, he's got the resume showing that nine time all defense, led the league in steals so many times. He, 
What was that? Yeah, like I think he's number one in offensive efficiency all the time. Like he he's just an all around beast, averaging almost 19 points per game and almost 10 assists per game for his career so far at a 72, 72 field goal percentage. Like the man's just a beast. It's sad that he hasn't gotten to a Western Conference Finals before last year with other teams that he's been the star on. So he had to hop on James Harden's back to go there. <laughs> but like other than that, Chris Paul's a, he's the man in point guard, and he's him and Curry the only current point guards I have on this list. Yeah, Showing you found me. to be a, one of the greats. Finally, giving some respect to the to the current guys, although not a guy that I really like, but he's still high on my list. So yeah, I, I used like to it. love Chris Paul a lot, but he's kind of dropped off ever since. Yeah, Clippers started going on that downfall, and yeah. So my top two guys are both guys that you have already mentioned. They're kind, they're similar players. I can easily guess them. I guess. Yeah, I hope. All right, what's your number two, Keith? <laughs> okay. Oh, no, what's your number? Yeah, my number, my number two. Steve Nash. I really kind of hated Steve Nash growing up because they were always really good in the West, and I was always a Kobe guy. I wanted Kobe to win. But he just made the game beautiful. He made it look so easy. It's just like being... Having like no athleticism, being six whatever he was, it's crazy how effective he was. He was just, he was always in charge of those great Suns team. You know, he took them. You know, he was the reason why they were so good. Two-time MVP, literally getting assists five times. Um, his pull-up threes where he just float in, you know, like run in and float in. Yeah, he just like such a good float. shooter. Yeah. After a shot is, oh, man. Take the one leg, yeah. I mean, as I said, Steve Nash is my favorite point guard of all time. Just so fun to watch. I'm very glad he made it that high up on your list. <laughs> yeah, he's just like the dribble around the baskets, find somebody. Just He always knew where everybody was, his vision. Touch around the rim, his little floaters, kind of like Tony Parker, kind of bringing that in. Just, he was ridiculous. He was ridiculous. He was indeed. And that's why his jersey's hanging up in the apartment right now. <laughs> All right, for my number two is someone I'm guessing is not even going to be mentioned on your list, but John Stockton. Nope. He is, he's just, he's got two unbreakable levels, uh, records. Yep. His assist record and his steals record. Those will yep. never be touched, especially his assist record. He's a nine-time assist champ. He's a t- two-time steals champ, 11-time All-NBA, five-times All-Defense. Like, the man is just, he's what you want as a point guard. Like, just playmaker, you, you always found everyone. He shot 52% from the field for his career as a non-athletic six-foot barely anything point guard yeah i feel like yeah like he was like perfect for his era like you know he's what you want in a point guard back then but now you Mm -hmm. don't really want john stockton as your point guard now but it's different in the era 
he still would be a great point guard in today's game. He's got a three ball. He's not very really smart with for the like ball. today's NBA. He's not really a good shooter. He's I mean he can shoot a little, but not really for today's. What's the thing about today's shooting compared to? It's just like if you were if you were a decent shooter back then, like Steve Kerr, like you know he was he what did he attempt like a three a game? Like it's just. Just yeah, I guess yeah, it's it. a different sort of. The level to it is is so much more now than it was. Yeah, back yeah, then. yeah. I feel you there. Yeah, John Stockton averaged one and a half three pointer attempts per game. Yeah, like nowadays <laughs> that's almost unheard of. Javale McGee's probably averaging a, a, an attempt a game this year. Like yeah, and on that clip he shot thirty four percent, but with Curry shooting like ten threes a game, he's shooting. 43%, which is 43%. And the, I guarantee you, John Stockton's 1.5 attempts per game, he only shot those if he was, you know, wide open, gets the kick out, you know, something But that like was that. how games were ran back in the day. Yeah, like, like didn't yeah. around that three-point line. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. just, yeah, we're in agreement. But it's still unbelievable the fact that between 1987 to the year 1996, he led the league in assists. His high being, he averaged 14 and a half assists per game one year, with 17 yeah. points. Yeah. Like that's it, just a crazy line right there. He's just an absolute playmaker. And it's not like these Jazz teams, the teams that he was working with, were stacked. He had Karl Malone, which was a, he was an offensive juggernaut. Like, easy 30 points per game almost, like, it'd feel like. But no one else he'd really throw the ball to was an absolute menace either. Yeah. No, it's impossible to argue with the numbers for sure. He's His numbers are insane. And, yeah, it's a record that will never be touched. And he was yeah. so durable, too. He barely missed any games in his career. Yeah, for sure. My number one, the best point guard. Of all time, we already know who it is. It's Steph Curry. Curry. Yep. I think it's time. Like, it's weird. Like, he's almost became underrated, which is weird because he's still, like, held really high. But it's weird how he's almost become underrated. He's the he's the original star of the Warriors. He's, you know, he's the culture setter. He's, like, he's the Warriors, you know? Like, when if he was, it's he's the way they play. The Warriors might become the greatest dynasty of all time. They're about to go four or five, five finals in a row, and who knows when it ends. You know, I think Katie's going to leave after this year, but they're still, you know, who knows how many they win. And he's he's the face of all that. He changes the game for everybody. That, that 2015 season might have been the best season I've seen anybody play ever. Made 402 threes, just shattered records he could you could put him on any team there would be no like smoothing out process he just goes to any system and it'd be it'd be smooth there's no drama with him one of the best ball handlers ever best shooter obviously like you said does the little things like set screens competes on defense i mean the 50-40-90 seems easy for him. He shoots 45% from three when he takes the most ridiculous shots. Like, I, He's the best point guard of all time. 
And I think someday is the potential to be the best point guard of all time, but... You're not ready yet. Not ready yet. I respect Quick it. side note, quick off-topic discussion. Where do you think KD's going next year? I'll say the New York Knicks. Well, KP and KD. And maybe Kyrie. Ooh, that's a no-go for me, Jer Bear. He's going to be <laughs> staying with the Celtics. Dude, I think Kyrie and KD like each other so much that I know Kyrie said he's going to stay, but if things are just a little off with them this year, maybe, you know, it it just never seems like he's fully committed to that to that organization and that, that team. Yeah, the future will hold many answers for us. <laughs> All right, for my number one spot, I have the true number one point guard of all time, and that's Magic Johnson. He was just... A, he was... I got no words. He was just a six-foot-nine point guard with unlimited court vision, man. Four-time assist champ, two-time steal champ, five-time NBA champ with a stacked Lakers team, including Mike Cooper, Byron Scott was on that team at that time, I think. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah, James Worthy, who I think is one of the most underrated players of all time. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was on that team, man. Uh, He just had so many options. He was a three-time MVP, three-time finals MVP, like averaged 19.5 points per game, seven rebounds a game for a point guard, and 11.2 assists per game on 52 field goal percentage. And this man did not need the three ball to score. He'd just take his small point guard that was guarding him, and he'd take him into the post, hit him with that hook, or dish it off to anyone else on his team. <laughs> yep, there's no arguing with the resume, with the numbers. He put up quite the career, for sure. I, I, I mean, I respect anybody who has him at number one. Like it, It's tough to say otherwise, but I'm still going Curry. Nice. I think, you know, maybe his spot's not just going to be, like, I think, Curry has a chance sometime, someday to be maybe the best point guard of all time. Mm-hmm. Maybe, 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 maybe. Yep. But, but I think I'm not looking just at resume. I'm looking, like, I also think, like, if you threw him in today's game, you'd still be. The worst ball handler and the worst shooter in he the league. He wasn't a bad ball handler. Dude, he wasn't. For, like, the handles NBA players have today, uh, I think he, like, for the time, yeah, he was a really good ball handler, but I don't think he would be anymore compared to these guys. Yeah, but I think if you threw him in today's system, he's still one of the best playmakers of all time. His vision's just unbelievable. He'd grab that rebound, he'd grab that defensive board and just start, like, almost like Ross. He'd rip that board and just automatically be on the way Mm -hmm. to the other side of the court, finding a teammate or throwing that bitch in himself. Yep. Yeah, definitely be interesting to do this, like, the past 20 years and, like, make a list, you know. We obviously have differing opinions of today and yesterday, but it, I think they still coincide and work together. Oh, totally. Yep. Two different 
two very different viewpoints on how basketball is looked at. I like it. <laughs> Closing thoughts? Closing thoughts? I don't know. I mean, I think my list typically would look more like like uh, any other person's list with Magic at front, you know. Mm-hmm. I like your I liked your list though because I think skill wise, if you throw those NBA players that you had, like like Damian John Wall, fuck John Wall actually, Damian Lillard's a beast. Like if you throw those into back in the day, like the '80s prime time of basketball, they'd do some work. But I just don't think they've been in the league long enough to to show that they've been that they are one of the best of all time. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, for sure. Totally, totally. Are you dropping an Eskidit, like the last? Uh... Oh, no, no, no. I'm no, not going to you play me like that, play some little pump dumb shit after the end of that. You I'm watching making... myself now, Keen. I'm watching myself. Not making that mistake twice. If I yell Ace Hood at the end of the podcast and play an Ace Hood song? There is a 0% chance of that happening. Oh, gosh darn it, Keith. Gotcha. I made my way from the bottom, and I'm grinding. I'm grinding. I wake up every morning looking for commas. For commas. By my dollars. Yeah. I'm going all out, and that's on my mama. On my mama. On my mama. Yeah. Cause we out here. We out here. Ain't no sleeping.